Shri Gurubhyo Namaha. This soul is pleased to share with you all this 25th episode of Saints of India. Thank you for being there and encouraging this soul to share with you all more and more about Saints of India. If one would wonder that the saints are of the past centuries, this soul humbly presents and would like to negate the thought. For in the 20th century and into the 21st century, there lived a yogi, a son on whom is this 25th episode. Contents of this episode have been taken from arunachalasamudra.org and arunachalagrace.blogspot.com This soul's namaskarams to Meenakshi Ammal who graciously gave permission to create this audio with the material she had created in the referred portal and blog. On December 1st, 1918, the child Ram Surat Kanwar was born into a righteous and devout religious family. His birthplace in Bihar was a village close to the sacred river Ganges, not far from Varanasi. From childhood, he evinced an intense spiritual thirst and had extraordinary devotion towards the river Ganges. Playing along its shores brought him happiness and contentment and he would often fall into a deep, peaceful sleep by the banks of the sacred river. In his early childhood, his father recounted stories from the epics Ramayana and Mahabharata which made a deep impression upon the young boy. He was also very attracted to sadhus and would rush from school to spend time with them along the river Ganges and to listen to their singing, talks of God and stories of avatars, rishis, mahatmas. Although the boy went to school and excelled in his studies and sports, his attraction was only for the banks of the river Ganges. It was there that he heard stories and legends recounted by sadhus who saw in the young boy a great soul. Even from a young age, his compassion was great and he often took food from his home to give to religious mendicants at the river. Sometimes, he even brought beggars and sannyasins right into his mother's kitchen to eat and as his family was not wealthy, the boy would offer his own food to them. At about 12 years of age, Ram Surat Kanwar had his initial spiritual awakening. One moonlit night, whilst pulling water from a well, he saw a sparrow chirping on the edge of the stones. In an impulsive manner, he threw the well rope towards it, thereby striking the bird and causing it to fall to the ground. Stricken with uncontrollable sorrow and drenched in tears, he took the bird in his hands and poured a few drops of water into its beak. But the bird was dead. The boy then immersed the creature into the river Ganges. This incident raised a number of questions in the anguished boy's mind who acknowledged it was his own impetuous action that was responsible for the bird's death. It was this suffering that began to open his heart to compassion towards all. At about 16 years of age, moved by an intense impulse to search for God 
and guided by an extraordinary spiritual power the boy wandered from his home and proceeded to the railway station it was there that a stranger approached and gave him a meal and rail ticket to varanasi the city of light while at varanasi and within the temple of lord vishwanatha the young boy experiencing the presence of his heavenly father became ecstatic and stayed for over a week in contemplation two more times after this he moved from his village traveling on both occasions to sarnath 5 miles outside varanasi to the place where gautama buddha gave his first teachings returning to his studies the young boy still spent as much time as possible on the ganges with sadhus and holy men conversing with them on divine matters however the play times of joy and innocence were quickly passing away in 1937 after high school he attended and graduated from lucknow university after his studies were complete he first became a high school teacher of english and history and later headmaster of a school in the bihar region ramsurat kanwar was highly educated and conversant in several languages fluent in hindi and english and had a deep knowledge of both eastern and western culture politics classical literature and religious scripture as was to be expected eventually the engman's family began to exert pressure upon him to conform to customary hindu life and take a wife so bowing to the inevitable and conforming to parental pressure and the long standing custom of society ram surat kanwar finally took a wife ramaranjini they were to have a son amitab and three daughters ashoda maya and veena in his early 20s ram surat kanwar followed the path of a hindu householder and professional man he played the part of a normal householder and although always of an introspective nature fulfilled his duties of loving husband and father however he was increasingly unable to deny the summons that he should dedicate his life entirely and exclusively to god consequently he became restless and began to behave in strange unpredictable ways he spent many hours on the ganges with an aged sage known as swami ramashram discussing spiritual matters and it was with this swami that he shared his earning and glimpses of his spiritual goal swami ramashram advised ram surat to find a guru to guide him in his search for spiritual awakening and urged him to visit shri arbindo ghosh in pondicherry and also alluded to another sage who lived not far away from pondicherry who ram surat was later to find was none other than shri ramana maharishi on this anguish filled time of his life yogi ram surat kumar was to later recall years of this life have passed and i have not been able to come by your side i have not yet had your vision father i am your child i plead to you with humility take me away i will always serve your will it was with this prayer in his heart that the yogi set off on his quest and arrived in 1947 
at Sri Aurobindo Ashram Pondicherry to Ram Surat the presence and influence of Aurobindo was the confirmation of the existence of a higher life during his short stay a young aspirant advised him to visit Sri Ramana Maharishi at Tiruvannamalai so leaving Pondicherry Ram Surat made his way to Tiruvannamalai and Ramanashram After spending a few days in the presence of Ramana Maharishi a stranger walked up and presented a newspaper clipping about another sage quick to heed what he considered divine guidance he thus soon found himself in Kerala at the ashram of Swami Ramdas this was the third time he had been mysteriously guided to a spiritual attack however unlike his meetings with Sri Aurobindo and Sri Ramana Maharishi he felt no attraction to Ramdas this beggar was not impressed with Swami Ramdas as had been with Ramana Maharishi and Aurobindo this beggar was not able to understand Ramdas at that time he understood immediately that the other two masters were spiritual giants with Ramdas however it was different it was kind of reaction he was living luxuriously and people were serving him like a king he left unimpressed and returned to the north and varnasi the following year he returned south first to sri arabindo ashram and thereafter to ramana ashram where he stayed for 2 months in the proximity of bhagwan sri ramana maharishi living amidst the strange forces emanating from the maharishi aided the young man towards his goal and helped them in his spiritual transfiguration in 1948 he visited swami ramdas for the second time but experiencing the same feeling as before quickly retreated to the himalayas until on april 14 1950 when this beggar was moving somewhere in the himalayas in search of masters maharishi passed away in the same year december 5 1950 the other great master arabindo also passed away this beggar felt a type of restlessness that he had lost the golden opportunity with those two great masters feeling that with the death of these two spiritual masters the higher life which had been revealed to him was now lost as there was no one to guide him onward he thought he should try once more to open himself to the other renowned sage swami ramdas his third opportunity to meet the saint came in 1952 then one thing very important it was the third chance to visit ramdas the two great masters had passed away this beggar thought to himself let me try again to visit ramdas for he is recognized as a great sage so in 1952 This beggar did not go to Tiruvannamalai nor did he go to Pondicherry for the masters were not there but this time Swami Ramdas turned out to be an entirely different person at the very first sight Ramdas could tell a number of intimate things about the life and mission of this beggar which nobody but this beggar knew Yogi Ram Surat Kumar once explained that he never would have kept wandering had either ramana maharishi or sri arbindo been right for him 
according to him the five years of guidance under sri arabindo and ramana maharishi was a period of spiritual maturation and stabilization the consummation of their efforts was then taken up by a third perfected man one who had all along been guiding him his true spiritual father swami ramdas yogi ram surat kumar later stated most men wouldn't like to say they had three fathers but this beggar had three fathers there was much work done on this beggar arabindo started ramana maharishi did a little and ramdas finished living with swami ramdas the young yogi eventually developed an intense desire to receive initiation ramdas gave the mantra om shri ram jay ram jay jay ram to ram surat kumar when the initiation was complete swami ramdas remained silent for a moment and then said go and repeat this mantra day and night all the 24 hours at that moment some force entered this beggar's body mind soul or whatever you may call it it began to control all the movements then this beggar died now only this force directs everything ram surat was struck speechless his master's words had entered him with the forceful thrust of a dagger the constant reiteration of the mantra accompanied by implicit faith in its efficacy was soon to carry him to the summit of human perfection in those days he was often called the mad bihari and would roll on the ground in ecstasy he wanted to stay with his guru forever after nearly 2 months with ramdas this beggar wanted to prolong his stay at anandashram thrice this beggar approached swami ramdas every time he was refused the last time the sage exclaimed there are a number of people who can be fit for ashram life we don't want any more of such people so in 1952 ramdas sent him away insisting that in the shelter and proximity of a big tree a small tree cannot grow to its full stature and potential capable of giving shade and coolness to many beings where will you go asked ramdas arunachala came the spontaneous answer subsequently ram surat kanwar left with arunachala as his sole destination but first his father's will took him throughout india wandering barefoot for a period of 7 years during these years he lived as a beggar and trained himself to see father as manifesting as all beings and to accept events without demur as father's will and grace only my father exists past present and future nobody else nothing else at all in the early spring of 1959 ram surat arrived at the small town of tiruvannamalai at the foot of arunachala for the first 18 years after his arrival the yogi lived mostly under a tree near the railway station and slept at nights near the big arunachaleshwara temple compound in town on a veranda of sellers of pots and pans during the days he would sometimes sit beneath a tree or either walk in the countryside or town sometimes 
he would sit alone in the temple silent and wrapped in communion with the father whimsical and unpredictable in his actions he often engaged in inexplicable acts he was a joyous innocent child of god who many regarded as either an eccentric sadhu or madman a rare few saw him as a crazy wisdom master and unseen unknown great one working in invisible realms of human consciousness there are saints who hide from the crowd's eye that they may do their spiritual work on earth unhindered by the clamor of fame these hidden great ones help keep the balance of the world mystical to some foolish to others insane in the eyes of the worldly ones who are tied to customs of what is right and wrong these masters of life break down the confining walls of customs which bind humanity they are the spiritual ones who work silently secretly quietly changing the world unnoticed by the masses they care not for fame or recognition in fact they shun it they walk softly through the life as god's beacons of light and truth for those whose words whose hearts and eyes are cleared of earth enough to see one such saint is yogi ram surat kumar of south india he was a colorful figure he wore whatever clothes he was given covering himself by 2 to 7 woolen shawls wrapped around his body and a colorful turban over his flowing gray white hair whatever clothes were given he wore them till they were dirty and ragged neither washing or changing his clothes and only rarely washing his form even though he smoked most noticed only the fragrance of sandalwood or roses emanating from his body he always had a small hand polished coconut bowl in hand and a country fan called visiri in the other and for a time a staff for some years visiri swami was often seen holding aloft a stick decorated with peacock feathers some force in these sticks seemed to be guiding and propelling his body here and there years later when his ashram was first being built he was often seen with a coiled rope around his neck this rope was used to measure the grounds and floor spaces but during satsangs he would often playfully whirl it in the air like a lasso as he walked among the seated devotees his pockets would be stuffed with objects papers stones old cigarette boxes all kinds of things destined to be carefully placed at some specific point with intent and reasons known to him alone and sometimes later picked up when its function had been fulfilled he kept his personal and household items such as old clothes newspapers coconut shells and bedroll stored in gunny sacks during the 1970s devotees would be seen following visiri swami carrying these sacks on their backs as they walked through fields and town often he would stand or sit peering intently muttering to himself thumb and forefinger brushing against one another as if tuning the beads of an invisible japamala when he walked it was often so fast that those near 
had to almost run he had a beautiful singing voice which spontaneously moved people to devotion delight or bliss sometimes he seemed fearsomely intense and at sometimes as innocent gleeful and playful as a child this innocent joy amazing peals of laughter and bliss that emanated from him from his form gave him the name godchild of tiruvannamalai his previous name ramsurat kanwar metamorphosed into ramsurat kumar surat kumar means child of the sun for a long time people were put off by his strange behavior and appearance but a few saw the divinity emanating from his strange looking form or felt the silent vastness of consciousness and tenderness of heart some came with troubles and worries and sitting in his presence felt their burdens and problems disappear and be replaced by a worldless peace and equanimity some were surprised to find he could hear their thoughts and knew much about them on first meeting some that approached him were filled with wonder to see his beggar's form disappear and be replaced by a vision of the deity or sadguru they loved others coming with grave even terminal illness found themselves suddenly healed when profoundly thanked yogi ramsurat kumar always refused credit saying this beggar has done nothing it is all due to father's grace and your faith alone in tamil nadu south india during the 1970s a political party came to power that was anti religious and which persecuted both beggars and sadhus during these years several attempts were made on yogi ram surat kumar's life politically he wasn't liked because he advocated the unity of india and at that time tamil nadu advocated secession from india yogi ram surat kumar believed india must be united india must be whole it must be to do its work on the earth he lived amongst people sharing in their lives and keenly sensitive to their minds and hearts he brought peace joy and healing wherever he went those who knew yogi ram surat kumar in the early 70s remember how enigmatic his appearance was long before his madness was broadly accepted as coming from a divine source he looked like nothing more than a crazy beggar with bizarre behavior wandering around and living totally outside the norms of indian society in speech he cultivated humility and self effacement he always spoke of himself as this dirty beggar this useless madcap fellow this great sinner and of his father as very great rarely he used the pronoun i in speaking of himself almost always it was this dirty beggar this madman this worthless fellow or this great sinner whenever miracles or miraculous healings began to happen in his presence he always disclaimed any credit this beggar did nothing this beggar doesn't exist it is all due to father's grace and your faith he always acknowledged with reverence his huge debt to sacred arunachala and arunachaleshwarar temple 
saying this hill and this temple they have saved this beggar and with the utmost gratitude for the sanctity of mount arunachala he would later say this beggar wandering here and there tired of wandering but having no home arunachaleshwara in the form of this hill had mercy on this miserable sinner so he gives thanks a thousand thanks to this holy hill this holy temple oh the magnanimity of the lord he has given me shelter for 20 long years whereas others who come are unable to stay only days or weeks for thousands of years the hill has given shelter to so many dirty sinners like me and arunachala will give a shelter for thousand of years to come when yogi ram surat kumar used to walk around the hill out of humility he would always walk in the opposite direction of all the other pilgrims many times yogi ram surat kumar would say the mountain helps us he himself spent many years wandering on the mountain taking shelter in its caves based on his own comments his transformation seems to have been connected in part to his subtle relationship to the divine force within arunachala where is the fire the fire is there on the hill there but i don't see it there you can see it if you are really bent upon seeing it are you afraid of being engulfed by it then you can't see it have courage no fear you are sure to see it said yogi ram surat kumar the fire referred to by yogi ram surat kumar is the mystical fire of creation the light that is perceived burning within mount arunachala as the embodiment of shiva this holy fire burned at the core of the beggar's absolute certainty his faith in a power that governs everything controls everything said yogi ram surat kumar yogi ram surat kumar loved his devotees he loved laughter he loved conversation he loved human company he always extremely available and accessible and open and communicative and at the same time there was something of the magician about him during these years he was available to friends at almost any time of the day or night near the temple chariot at the corners of the roads or under the trees at the temple subsequently accepting the entreaties of devotees he moved into a house with a small room and veranda on sanedhi street near the arunachaleshwara temple people started to visit and spend hours discussing spiritual and personal problems with him yogi ram surat kumar resided at this house until autumn of 1994 when he became ill and thereupon accepted an alternative offer of shelter at sudama house in ramananagar some miles west of the temple when his fame began to spread large crowds started to gather with, waiting for his darshan the influx of devotees grew steadily in size creating the need for an ashram yogi who always verbally refused the role of guru or teacher had previously refused offers of an ashram but to fulfill the desire of devotees in 1993 swami ji acceded to the acquisition enabled by contributions of a site of 3 and 1/2 acres once called agrahara kollai 
close to the Sri Seshadri Swamigal and Ramana ashrams. The construction of an ashram started once the land was clean and prepared. Yogi Ram Surat Kumar was involved in every step of the large building program which at one point involved the participation of up to 250 to 300 workers working long hours. The first ashram structure to be completed was a small stone thatched roof darshan mandir which could sit 200 people. It was located by the front gate of the developing ashram and was the location of Yogi Ram Surat Kumar's regular darshans. The plans for the ashram were elaborate and included a huge temple 350 feet long and 150 feet wide which would be big enough to accommodate 5000 people, a kitchen and a dining hall, cottages for ashram residents and guests, meditation hall, library, several buildings devoted to worship and a Veda Patashala which Yogi Ram Surat Kumar was to say would be the heart of the ashram and was intended to be a place where visiting pundits and scholars could stay and conduct Vedic research. The ashram began to flourish when it was first being built. Yogi Ram Surat Kumar said that it was not just for Tiruvannamalai or India but it was universal, a place of pilgrimage for all races and religions. From 1996, Yogi Ram Surat Kumar started experiencing continuous bouts of ill health which included high blood pressure, stomach ulcers and diabetes. In July 1999, although he was diagnosed to have a tumor, he refused to allow allopathic treatment or test of any kind. Despite the tremendous suffering he was undergoing, he maintained his close supervision of various projects within the ever-growing ashram. In spite of the pleadings of many of his devotees, Yogi Ram Surat Kumar stood firm in his refusal to allow allopathic treatment to prolong his life. He consistently pronounced, Father will take care of this body. By early August 2000, his health reached a crisis point and those who were caring for him felt he would die very soon without medical intervention. So on 17 August, after he had given a reluctant consent, He was taken to a hospital at Chennai and surgery took place on 11th September. A devotee, Vijayalakshmi wrote about this time. In this period of one year, Bhagavan's enormous reserves of strength were tested again and again. The peace and love which he continued to radiate through the months of illness were phenomenal. During the months of recover, while at the hospital in Chennai, there was daily satsang Bhagavan's quotation from Tulsi Das, Kabir Das, Mahaperiwal, etc. Anecdotes from the lives of saints were feasts, which left one hungry for more. His cheerfulness and peace through all the extreme pain and suffering made one increasingly aware of this enormous presence in the form of Bhagavan. Perfect strangers were immediately attracted by him and wanted to serve him. His reiteration that one is not the body began to be understood. He finally returned to Tiruvannamalai on November 23, 2000. The surgery which doubtlessly prolonged his life for six months also prolonged his sufferings. Yogi Ram Surat Kumar was a very long way from the ecstatic years on the streets 
when he was a hidden beggar saint free to move and work as he wished the story becomes thick with pathos perhaps if his destiny had not cast him into the hands of the world in the way it did he would have simply lain down under a tree and passed away from his body but was obligated to act out his last days bound in the golden case of love all this too was the will of god the beggar's manifest destiny the final result was that it gave a short reprieve from his impending death and made it possible for the enactment of the final play of his vast leelas by mid december 2000 yogi ram surat kumar gave his last two public darshans in the temple where he was able to consciously interact with devotees the last two months of his life were spent in an apartment open to the view of all his devotees were allowed to come and stand outside the glass wall of his room and take his darshan while he lay on his bed amidst a plethora of tubes nursing attendants and medical apparatus for the next weeks his condition quickly declined until by mid february it was clear that his physical death was imminent hearing of his serious condition many devotees came to say goodbye for days yogi seemed to hover back and forth between death and life a few days before his mahasamadhi while several devotees sat at his bedside he suddenly opened his eyes looked his devotee ma devaki in the eyes and said i am everyone everything here there everywhere i alone exist on february 28 2001 at 3:19 am in his ashram at tiruvannamalai bhagavan sri yogi ram surat kumar attained mukti his body was kept in the vast hall of the temple on the day of february 20 and thousands of people thronged the ashram to pay their respects the next day february 21 at 3 pm his body was carried on a bier in circumambulation around the ashram afterwards it was anointed with sacred substances dressed and lowered sitting in the lotus position into the samadhi side at the ashram temple and so a great beggar a true god man was gone from this world in his physical form and reborn in the unseen worlds beyond the five senses his effulgent presence filled the vast sky and pulsed in the hearts of those who loved him there was never a cessation of the communion of his heart with those who were receptive to hear in joyful silence the sound of the beggar's laughter which should resound in the world forever his body exuding the splendor and sanctity of that life that was lived was laid in state in the temple where thousands of people came to pay homage to a beloved son of mother india and to the great treasure that was his life as one devotee said his life his wonderful life mother such a glorious life you know jay guru raya this beggar learned at the feet of swami ramdas the divine name of rama and beg beg all of you not to forget the divine name rama Whatever you do wherever you are be like Anjaneya Maruti thinking of Rama and doing your actions in this world At every stage we face problems today one problem tomorrow another problem the day after tomorrow another problem 
and on account of facing these problems often we get dejected disappointed psychologically sick if we don't remember the name of divine so this beggar will beg all of you not to forget the divine name rama there are people who like to remember the name of shiva it is equally good there are people who like to remember the name of ganapati equally good whatever name you choose whatever form you choose but give to this beggar what he wants never forget the divine live in the world and the problems will be there if we are remembering the divine name we are psychologically sound maybe we may feel a little sum of the problems even then the intensity with which we feel if we don't have faith in god is much more than a man of faith a man who remembers the name of rama so this beggar is always begging begging for food begging for clothes begging that you should compose songs on this beggar build a house for me a cottage for me this thing that thing so many things but this beggar will beg of you this also and you are always giving what this beggar has begged so this beggar begs please don't forget the name of god the divine name has been always of great help to all in the world you read kabir tulsi sir appar swami manikavachika swami how they emphasize namah shivaya don't forget it this is your heart this is your soul whether it be om namah shivaya or om namo narayana whether rama shiva or krishna whatever name you choose whatever form you choose doesn't matter but remember the lord with any name with any form of your choice just as when there is heavy rainfall we take an umbrella and go on doing our work in the factory in the field wherever we go for marketing and catching hold of the umbrella we go through the rain but still we work do our work similarly we have got so many problems all around this divine name is just like an umbrella in the heavy rainfall catch hold of the divine name and go on doing your work in the world this beggar begs of you and this beggar has received all he has begged of you so i think none of you will shrink away when this beggar begs of you don't forget the divine name this beggar prays to his father to bless you all who have come here my lord rama blesses you my father blesses you arunachaleshwara blesses you it doesn't matter to me what name it is all the blessings of my father for all of you well that is the end that is all thank you for listening to this 25th episode of saints of india if you would like to support this project of mine kindly contribute through patreon.com details of which are available in the description all proceeds will be utilized for the upliftment of the vedapatashalas and tolls shri gurubhyo namaha